Jeez. Put the book down there. I was going to pick it up later, and I didn't move it. <laughs> the writer of the book of Hebrews is addressing those who seem to be They were being encouraged to go back to a former way of life rather than those who had not yet accepted Christ to change their life in harmony with the will of God. So the writer is addressing their history, bringing points to their mind that they would be familiar with. And this 11th chapter of Hebrews is a great hall of faith, if you will, discussing their history and what those who they relished and cherished and honored had gone through in their service to God. And that whole chapter will deal with the things that they endured in the reading this evening would bring out a lot of information, not giving you the names of all the those that were involved in it, but it is a reminder if you read the scriptures, you could call to mind the different things that, or the different ones who had gone through as they were discussing what was involved, wandering around in sheepskins and goatskins, the world not thinking them worthy, to think of those of the prophets of old who had endured some hardship in being the children of God. He closes out the 10th chapter the world was not worthy of them they wandered in deserts and so forth uh, back to chapter 10 but we're not of those who draw back to perdition but of those who believe to the saving of the soul what kind of faith leads to the saving of the soul. And then chapter 11 is going to give you a description of what type of faith it is. And it has nothing to do with who was in power at any given time. It had nothing to do with where they lived or where they dwelled, or the circumstances in which they found themselves. Because they had a faith that would be pleasing to God. Brought out in verse 6 of the 11th chapter. They believe that God is, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. That was the groundwork for their faith, starting from the Garden of Eden, if you will, to believe that God is and that he rewards those that diligently seek him has not always been the case on the human perspective, but it's always been the case on God's perspective. He has always rewarded those who would seek him diligently 
be found pleasing in his sight, regardless of the physical consequences that would come their way. The kind of faith that saves a soul is a faith that worships God as did Abel. His worship was acceptable in the eyes of God. The faith that finds pleasure with God is one who walks his life as did Enoch before he was taken. It was said of him, his life was pleasing in the eyes of God. Do we live that type of life? Does it matter the circumstances? Because at any time you look at that history, we get to remind ourselves of it, but as we look back, we look at that, you know, primitive time, and yet how they could have that faith and walk in God. And we sometimes have to remind ourselves that the days that we're living in, if the Lord allows the world to stand for another thousand years or so, will be called the primitive time. Because whatever advances, advances that we'll be able to make, we'll look at this time frame in a totally different light. It's interesting as you... For those of us that are older, watch cartoons of years gone by, Dick Tracy, uh, the Jetsons, and a host of others, and all the gadgets that they had. Uh, how close we come to some of those gadgets. Uh, remember Dick Tracy had the, the watch that was a telephone <laughs> that he could talk into and so forth. And, and so, all that's simply the saying, you live the time in which you live. Cannot go back to those good old days. Nor can you wait for the better days to come. You're here. And that's where you live. And that's where you dwell. And that's where you have the faith that you need to have in God that will reward us one day. And then we need to work like Noah did. Build, do what God asks you to do. Unreasonable as it may seem. There's no indication that there was a forewarning given to Noah. Said, Here's, here is a reason why you're going to build this ark. Because in about 120 years, this is what's going to happen. He builds because God said build. He says go, we go. We live our life. We want that faith that is well-pleasing in the eyes of God. We want a faith that embraces the promises that are given, and the 11th chapter deals with that. It's obeying God when he calls, even if it means leaving your homeland for a land that you have not seen, and to trust God that he has a purpose behind that. It's obeying God when a sacrifice is required that seems precious to you. Read about Abraham. Do we have that type of faith? The faith was not in the 
offering of his son as a sacrifice. His faith was in God. If God requires me to take the life of my son Isaac, into which a promise had been given that through his son Isaac, the blessings would flow. The scriptures remind us that the faith was in the fact of, in God that if God required the sacrifice of Isaac, the only conclusion that Abraham could draw was that God was going to raise Isaac back up from the dead. God said, do it. You do it. Doesn't seem logical. Doesn't seem practical from our perspective. But if God requires it, and so the scriptures remind us that Abraham received his son Isaac back as a type from the dead. You recall the account again. Abraham had already raised the knife. It already answered the question before he went there. When Isaac asked, where's the, where's the sacrifice? And what did Abraham say? God will provide the sacrifice. This is the faith that is pleasing to God. We live in a time when we try to figure things out. What can we do to change the physical, excuse me, what can we do to change the physical surroundings in which we find ourselves? How can we make them better? Rather than saying, how can we draw closer to God and have that faith in Him that will see us through whatever circumstances may come our way? We like to walk by faith or by sight as opposed to walking by faith. It's a faith that embraces the promises that God has to give. To receive strength from God to do His will. Look at Sarah. She believed God. Any practicality in what she was believing? But she believed God. God says, do it. God will provide the way for, in which it, for, for it to be done. Which reminds us that God has called us to be his servants, to do the things that would be pleasing in his sight, and to trust God along the way. I've often said, I've said to several of the elders, if we look at where we are from a physical point of view, this congregation, we is in trouble. But, do we look at this congregation in view of what God is able to do? And that's why the elders have asked you to take that insert from your bulletin, read it, pray about it. They're only giving you to the 7th of April. <laughs> but read it and sign it. Check the yes or the no box. With God, what? All things are possible. Do we trust him on that? That's what we're being asked to do. We're being asked to trust God that indeed he will provide what needs to be provided at, at the time that it's needed. 
See, I want that assurance beforehand. <laughs> that this is what's going to take place. And a lot of us have walked by sight. And there's empty pews from, from those who were walking by sight who did not see what they wanted to see and so had walked away to do something else. And I pray that they can do God's bidding wherever they're at. But it's not walking by sight, it's walking by faith. Our God indeed is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. It's a faith that overcomes the world. And that's what we need within our life as well. So he gives us the examples, or given Israelites or those who had become Christians, tempted to go back unto Judaism, to tell them, go back, read those scriptures, and see how these individuals responded to God. Look at the faith of Moses' parents. Going to defile the king. They're going to do what the king said not to do. They had a faith in God. Did not God provide? Look at the faith of Moses, and I've used him before at times. I mean, you think at it, think about it. Moses evidently has been raised in the Pharaoh's household and with Pharaoh's daughter. May have been next in line to become in Pharaoh. And you think about, again, from the human perspective, if you were concerned about your people, the Israelites, where do you believe you could do the most good for your people? Pharaoh of Egypt? Or just one of the slaves in Egypt? How do we look at it? How do we perceive things? He chose not to allow the riches of this world to persuade him away from being faithful to God and chose rather to be exiled, be driven out of the land, and be able to come back 40 years later and deliver God's people from the bondage that they had been enslaved in for so many years. He looked for that reward and the things that were going to come that God would give. Walking by faith and not by sight. Scriptures remind us of that. The Hebrew writer is reminding them as well. We walk by faith and not by sight. Keeping that faith and that trust in God. And then he reminds us the Israelites of old, as they were in Egyptian bondage, were human beings living in the time frame in which they lived, under the circumstances under which they lived. They're saying that that's where we are too. We're living in a world in which we live, under the circumstances under which we live. And do we not at times mimic what they did? They saw the mighty hand of God deliver them from Egyptian bondage. Saw the plagues. Every one of those ten plagues was aimed at one of the Egyptian gods, showing the superiority of God above 
over the gods of Egypt. They saw the deliverance from there, for Pharaoh saying, tell them to leave the land. But then what? I mean, they've, they've seen the ten plagues. They've been told, we're not going to let you go. Now they're being told, go, get out of here. Leave the land. And they get to the Red Sea, which, how are you going to cross it? Uh, estimates vary as to how many Israelites were leaving the land. I mean, there's no way of, of saying uh, for sure. Uh, but they had over 600,000 fighting men, so they had a, a fair-sized number leaving Egypt. The Egyptian army is closing in on them. Pharaoh changed his mind. What a surprise. Uh, and they don't know what to do. And how many times do we need to hear what Moses told the people? Stand still and see the hand of the Lord. What are we, we've been better off staying in the land. We would have at least been alive. We're going to die. Stand still and see the hand of the Lord. The Red Sea parts, they go through on, as on dry land. How long, how long did they remember what they had done? Uh, we have the ups and the downs, and that's what they're given for us along the way. Aaron made a golden calf, claimed he had no idea how it came to be. And yet Aaron would be what? You'd be the high priest. We make mistakes. But God does not. And I promise you, God is not finished with any one of us yet. There's still a work to be done. And we may stumble, we may fall, but we need to get up and we need to go again. We're being given that opportunity. How will you respond to that opportunity? Let's get up, go again, put our faith and our trust in God. His will will be worked out. He already has demonstrated that time and time again in our lives. We have the scriptures to remind us that's exactly what he does. Ours is to trust him as we go along the way. Even as they get into the land of Egypt, or into the promised land, excuse me, the Hebrew writer goes on there in that 11th chapter and says, he just gives you the outline and that's the task you get to have of going back and filling in the details. Who's he talking about in some of these cases? He's talking about his people of old. Sometimes we look at maybe he's talking about what's going to happen yet later on, but subdued kingdoms, Joshua, worked righteousness, Samuel, obtained promises, the nation of Israel, stopped the mouth of lions, Samson, David, protecting his sheep, uh, quenched the fire of the violence of fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Abednego, escaped the age of the sword, David fleeing Saul, Elijah fleeing Jezebel, Elisha, whom the king of Israel wanted to have murdered, 
Out of weakness were made strong. Samson, after his hair was cut, on you could go with it. Time and time again. Women received their dead, raised from the life again. Uh, the widow in the days of Elijah and the, and the widow in the days of Elisha as well. They were tortured, not accepting deliverance, to obtain a better resurrection. And examples are given of those as well. Trials of mocking, scourging, chains, imprisonment. Stone, Zechariah was stone, stone in two. According to tr uh, tradition, there was the prophet Isaiah that was sown in two. Tempted, Daniel, as a youth, slain with a sword, Uriah the prophet. Wandered in sheepskins and goatskins, Elijah. Being destitute, afflicted, tormented, Elijah again. These people received not the praise of the world, but they obtained a good testimony in the eyes of God. What are you looking for? Are you looking for what have we obtained? What have we accomplished here? Or are we looking for the glory of God to be demonstrated? It may not be as we perceived it, Maybe in a way that we have totally unexpectedly thought it might come about. But where is the trust? Where is the faith? It's what we're looking for, this faith in God. He moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. And that's what I find as I read and study the scriptures. Oh, the marvel of God. Well, I also marvel at the patience of God with his people. You even see it was God, do you not? What did God tell Moses? Let's just start over. Let's just bring these Israelites to an end. Let's start over. I'll start with you, Moses. I'll bring a nation that rise after you. And Moses had to remind God, you cannot do that. That will not work. What will the nation say? Oh, he brought his people out. Look, at they knew the deliverance. Did they not when they went into the promised land? They had already heard the tales of what God had done. So what are you going to say? He brought them out in the wilderness and then he decided to kill them off? What kind of God is that? So he stayed with his people. He kept his word. He hasn't changed. He provided exactly what he planned to provide. A redeemer, a savior, and the hope of all of us being able to glorify God in the life that we live. What is your heart's desire? And what is your prayer to God? What do you want to see God do? And how willing are you to trust God to do his will within your life?
whole heart bowed down in sorrow with sorrow. Are we going to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord? Are we going to pray that his will be done? Are we going to ask Here, my Lord, send me, use me, let me be used in your service, however that may be, may the honor and the glory and the praise always go to God, but it begins with the heart being bowed down with sorrow. There's a need for you in your life to make a change, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.